Welcome to another episode of Differences Not Deficits, where we discuss what we are learning and changing in our therapy so we can support and empower neurodivergent individuals with compassion and respect. Thank you for listening so we can all learn together. The primary purpose of Differences Not Deficits is to educate and inform. The views expressed during this podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not constitute educational or medical advice. Listeners should consult with their professionals familiar with each individual or family for specific guidance. Hi, welcome to another episode of the Differences Not Deficits podcast. Today we are continuing with our interview with Martin Moxness. This is part two, so if you haven't listened to part one, please start there. Martin is an autistic adult who lives in Denmark and is a successful Instagram and TikTok influencer. You can find him by searching a different spectrum. He uses his personal journey and unique perspective to educate people nationwide about autism, Tourette's, as well as ADHD. In this episode, Martin will share about his personal journey with interception, breaking certain stereotypes by offering a unique perspective, and his future plans as an influencer. Here we go. So we're going to shift gears a little bit and talk a a little bit about interception. Can you tell us, I mean, a little bit about your interception journey and how life was before and after and how you discovered it? Like, what did, how did that come across? Like, I think it was a term I only came across a couple of years ago where I really figured out what that aspect meant for me as an, as a neurodivergent person and what it changed. I'm not sure, but. At least I understood the concept better and I understood some of the things I did and why it was the way it is. It is the way it is, but it, it kind of gave me the, that you know knowledge about why I function the way I do and some of the choices or feelings or lack of feelings that I've, I've struggled with um, yeah. or experienced. So, so, yeah. Yeah, and how long did it take you before you really kind of, I mean, you know, you said it didn't change very much after but like how long did it take you to process and think about the different things that are happening in your body and to be able to communicate that effectively like if I look at somebody and I say oh you look anxious but that's not an anxious feeling for you did you have any experiences like that yes it's definitely a lot of reactions that it's kind of can be very especially when you have this these interception issues it can be very hard to identify them in the moment and know why you do the things you do and sometimes in retrospect, it can be nice knowing like I did that because of this or it, it would it makes a lot more sense. And then, you know, next time, if you get that same feeling, but can't really identify the feeling, you might react unknowingly that, you know, what it did last time. And that meant that I was just thirsty, for example, or, you know, <laughs> even though you didn't go to the feeling like I'm thirsty or, you know, looking around like, what am I missing? Um, but you might not identify that feeling, but when you know that that might be because you're just thirsty or you need something else, it, it might be something you can go through a checklist <laughs> and like, yeah. have I been drinking today yeah. or, you know, <laughs> so, so that makes sense. Did you, um, did you find that you had, uh, weren't aware of sensations in your body? And then like, did that, did you find that out quite a yeah. bit or was it just, yeah, definitely. I mean, when I was, uh, I mean, I also think it's something that changes over time a lot. And some functions that I had, I might struggle with now and vice versa. Some of the things I struggle with when I was a kid is something that I don't struggle with as much now or at all. Um, and I I think one thing that was a 
giveaway when I was little it was that I prefer to run around in t-shirts year long. <laughs> I had on my gloves and maybe a, a beanie, but I didn't really like to have jackets on, uh, even during the winter time. Mm-hmm. And that was something that, in retrospect, like that's why, because I couldn't really feel the cold in the same way as many others do. So, but now I, I actually feel the cold a lot. So <laughs> it's, it's pretty normal for me now, I would say, but when I was a kid, it wasn't something that, that really, that I could really feel. Yeah, absolutely. I think that happens. I feel like that happens to a lot of kids. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, it's very interesting when you have these bodily <laughs> functions that are either very reactive and response responsive and some and the other way where it's not as responsive or say you don't really feel it. And I think some of the things I deal with now is like I, I don't always feel hunger the same way if I'm busy with something. and. And that's sometimes something that I got to remind myself to to check on on the list if I've been eating or, you know, it's weird. No, absolutely. I, I share that sentiment. I don't ever feel hungry and I hear my stomach grumbling and I'm like, oh, I've been eating. So that's the problem. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. you know, I think interception is, is helpful for everybody, really. Like, so many of our parents are, you know, the parents might be listening to this. If how important do you feel that um interoception is for people to learn neurodivergent people to like start investigating about themselves do you feel like it's something important or something that's needed and what would you say to those parents if you do i think it's one is one thing that's very you could say what's the word um underrated as as how important it is because it can be something like that can prevent meltdowns if you know what causes it and what feelings to look for, even though the person might not really know it. For example, where they might be hungry and their stomach is growling. <laughs> for example, some giveaways that they might pick up on, it can be very uh, important to recognize and address and really teach that person to, oh, that's what that feeling means. If they have any feeling that can kind of give them an indication of, I'm tired or I might avoid more eye contact if I'm overwhelmed or, you know, um, hmm. it can be things like that and, and really recognizing the signs because I think if, if you know the signs of, of those things, you, you might be able to prevent meltdowns or sensory overloads and I can feel it in myself sometimes if I've had a lot of work days in a row, I can kind of suddenly feel like I'm looking more down on the ground and kind of being in my own bubble, wearing my headphones more and Sometimes it can also be very difficult when I feel like uh, the sensory shutdown, you know, overloads suddenly come on very quickly after a workday where I feel like I was fine an hour ago, kind of, but now I'm suddenly free. And now my body is telling me, whoa, you had way too much exposure to sensory things that you might not have really wanted to take in if you had known. But I'm telling you now, a bit late. <laughs> and I didn't really see the signs. So I'm suddenly I'll have to have several days break where I kind of have to take things slow because I didn't really feel like I was overwhelmed because I was so busy and I didn't really recognize those signs. So, I mean, now that is something I would want to work on more and really identifying those few triggers and, you know, things to avoid or, or give me a chart where I might have something where I can kind of tell how much exposure should I have in this area, for example, if that's very noisy, 
or should I wear my ear defenders more? Or even if I don't feel it in the moment, because it's so annoying when you feel like, well, I got too much exposure and I didn't really mean to. Yeah. So it's, I think it's an important thing to really um, look into and figuring out like how much yeah. should I expose yeah. myself to. Now, now I'm going in circles, but I think it's a very important thing. No, you're thing. not. No, um, you're good. But yeah, figure out your limits kind of. Yeah, because that's one of the things that can really, you know, uh, make issues for me now even though i'm an adult and i i think i figured out a lot of different things that i didn't do but that's still one of the things that can really uh, throw me a curveball as far as the way i function in my daily life if suddenly i'll have to take a few days break because i got too much of something that i didn't really uh, recognize being too much um that's yeah. very very annoying because obviously when you're going through something and you want to be finished with it if it's a project or something you, you just want to get there but you don't really recognize the signs along the way and you suddenly find yourself too overwhelmed to complete it it's an issue instead of taking 10 minutes break now and then and, and trying to get in your bubble and relaxing and grounding yourself yeah um so yeah i'm, I'm trying to figure that out still but it's a it's a huge huge issue and something i would definitely consider people to learn about and figuring out yeah. No. So like on a typical day, like what supports are you putting in place to kind of self-regulate and, you know, what happens if you don't have those supports? I think I'm kind of still winging it. I don't really have much of a system in place, but that's my ADHD. That's a bit chaotic, I think, more so than anything else, because I really do want structure and this system to to rely on as far as that exposure. I don't want, but also knowing like if I've eaten and stuff, but I don't really have a checklist per se. Uh, and I think that's the issue <laughs> because it's so important to, to realize this. Yeah. But I'm not doing a very good job at it other than just winging it and sometimes being fine and sometimes not. No, it totally <clears throat> makes sense. I mean, we've got to start somewhere. But you're, the awareness is actually the first step. So you're that huge. So yeah. yeah, you're already on the road. You get there. Definitely. Knowing that it's a factor or things that can play in and definitely also with you know some some things can be quite awkward when you forget or you just don't really feel it coming but it's just it's just it's very tricky sometimes when your body doesn't really tell you or lets you know those things or you can't really identify and recognize those signs where it might give you a heads yeah. up <laughs> especially with things where you can get overwhelmed where you really you you just burn out a lot quicker because yeah. you didn't realize that you should have taking a 10 minute break or you should get some water or you know absolutely it can sometimes really make yeah. things difficult that makes sense i mean so how how important do you feel like visual supports are even as an adult do you use them at all uh, i don't really have this system in place but i think it would have been very beneficial to have and i i also know that uh, one of my friends have a has some autistic children and they have a lot of visual uh, cues and you know things on the wall that they can kind of check um, and it, it looks very smart and I've been thinking about getting the same because I've, I feel that having something visually remind you of things can, can really really be a game changer especially if you're very forgetful I have a lot of issues with executive functioning and different you know things with a lot of different tasks in it and I very very quickly run out of working memory so I forget mm -hmm. a lot of different things that I'm supposed to and <laughs> Having having reminders would be very very neat, but I also don't know how to really get it started and you know setting it up properly. <laughs> it's hard to change routines, I think, 
it's also hard when you rely on chaos and yes know, very much rain. so <laughs> i feel you so we we want to kind of talk about you know sometimes even in our society i don't know if it's different Not far but off. a lot of parents <laughs> are like you know things are too babyish or we should mm. you know graduate you up or level you up and you know <sighs> yeah tell to the parent that you know thinks that things are too babyish or or inappropriate yeah, I've, yeah, I've, I see what I see the thing that parents sometimes try to push on their kids to kind of they want to see them do well and they look around and see everybody else maybe developing at a different pace and they can sometimes I suppose I, I'm not a parent so I wouldn't know but I can see why they would think that it's more important to maybe you could say diminish some of those things that they might think that would make them more childish and you could say stay in those patterns they'd rather them develop like everybody else is but sometimes those things might be very different for somebody that's neurodivergent and they might also grow in a different way you know both uh, physically or mentally as far as what they like um, and sometimes autistic children can really enjoy more childish things or more childish approaches to life and that also is the it's very true for some adults that are autistic. And I think it's important to really meet the person where they are on an individual level and see, like, why do they like these things? And you can always use positive encouragement for them to grow. But if they find comfort in things that are somewhat on the childish, and sometimes that's also just the way to go for them, and that's what works for them. And it can sometimes be impossible to really change who somebody is if they have this approach mm -hmm. and i think if they do it it's something that works for them for a reason even if it's something that might be seen as you could say very childish or even inappropriately so uh but i think it's something that i also recognize in a lot of other autistic people i i talk to and i've seen uh, that we sometimes do have coping mechanisms and way that we mm -hmm. go about life that that can be seen as a bit more immature but it can also be something that helps us function in the adult world you could say it might be uh, somebody that's a firefighter for example because we come from all sorts of life and we're very different everybody so so i think it's very cool when you see somebody that you would consider being a very responsible uh, very adult kind of uh, person and then seeing them still having comfort items and still having kind of a childish approach to some things where they might stim more or watch a comfort show on tv that might not exactly be age appropriate where it's a part of their routine and their comfort and it's important to note that just because you like those things doesn't mean that you can't really function and be a responsible adult necessarily for some maybe but it's not the sole cause of them not functioning or being perfectly fine adults love that say. um i mean because yeah. it's and I, th I feel like for I, the childlike, what I see with so many autistic people, that childlike, I love it. I, it's the beautiful side of like, I think all of us need to be a little more childlike. Like us, everybody needs to like go back to childhood a little bit more and we have a little more fun. Yeah, I totally <laughs> agree. I think most, a little bit more. <laughs> it would be more fun instead of being too busy to grow up. But again, again, it just feeds into that where, I wanted to be normal. I wanted to function like everybody else and develop in the same pace and, you know, doing all of these things, but I wasn't ready and I wasn't listening to myself, but really listening to myself now, I definitely see that it's not necessarily a regression to 
really like these things where you just continue the pattern of something that feels good or you know brings you comfort it's more so uh self-preservation and and a very clever tactic of utilizing this comfort that you get from something even if it's a weird thing or something inappropriate i think it really can help some people to really be okay and i think it's more important to be okay than being you could say age appropriate in that manner Absolutely. and doing what works for you is always best even if it's something that might stand out a lot from the norm because we all do function differently and we all have our own life to live and our own individual approach yes. that we need to take yeah absolutely no really well said um so i mean kind of based on that what are what are your thoughts about stimming yeah, stimming is awesome I mean, everybody stims, and we, it's not everybody that recognizes mm-hmm. these stim. And it's you no, know, it can be anything, anything really, from tapping mm-hmm. your <laughs> your desk if you're a bit, uh, you could say, fidgety in the way where I like to call it. And you know, it's, I I have ADC, so I, I do it all the time. I can't sit still, and I I can't sit with both of my feet on the ground. One has to be up, or one has to be bouncing. You know, it's it's hard <laughs> for me that way, but. <laughs> I think in general, we all have our different tells and stims that we do if, if we're nervous or, you know, if we're thinking about something. Or, there's a lot of different things that we do, which are mannerisms that kind of go again in other people. But there are also some stims that are very individual and that could be quite unique as well for some people, especially so for neurodivergent people. They might have different stims or they might stim more frequently or in different ways that might be a bit out of the norm. And that's where people might be a bit more you could say judgy as far as they're doing something out of the ordinary but really they're just doing things to calm themselves or to have fun or you know uh, be okay in the moment and that's very important to recognize and, and that it's something that's very autonomous and it's something like biting your nails if you're nervous it's something your body does to make you okay in the moment and it might not always be good stims either it can it can also be bad stims no doubt um but it is the way the body reacts to the environment and the sensory stimuli that we all experience in this world. And some people just experience it way differently than others. And they take an approach that might not be very typical or very age appropriate, you could say, but it is something that helps them to be okay in the moment. Sometimes you can find different ways to stim that might not be as you can say childish if that's what your approach wants to be as an autistic person. If you want to do less of something that can be seen as quite awkward for others. Um, but I think it's a very individual approach that you have to think about, like, well, do I want to be okay in this moment or do I want to kind of mask these autistic traits or, you know, fidget less? And, but there is a reason for the fidgeting. So it's important to really see that and acknowledge that I do this for a reason, but also that it really can help somebody in the moment or, or also just to have fun. Sometimes autistic people and neurodivergent people might seek out this extra sensory stimuli that might be very fun for us. It can be a vestibular input that you get from sitting on a swing and, you know, bouncing your legs or rocking. And it can be different things that might really entertain that part of our brain that might give us a bit of a longer leash in terms of doing other things that we might not really want to do because it's not pleasant, either because it can be overwhelming sensory-wise or it just doesn't entertain us in the same way uh, yeah and stimming can really click that part of the brain that can really really be entertaining in the really good way and sometimes balancing out that sensory input with some stimming and fun can really help change that balance when you feel like 
the world can be overwhelming and really offer you a lot of bad sensory input. It can be, it can be a lot of different things, but finding out ways to stim and ways to be okay is very important, yeah. I think. It sounds like you're kind of saying that it serves a purpose. There's a, there's a purpose. There's always a purpose. And, and I think, and finding that out, I think if somebody was doing something that was, you know, dangerous, like the head, like head banging or something like that, yeah, you yeah, would find out why, like. There's you know, always a purpose or a reason. And, yeah. And yeah, figuring that out and then knowing maybe try not to head bang, but try to maybe do something yeah, else. Something or, you else. Know, some, sometimes the energy just has to come out in a different way or expression, you know, but figuring out like maybe I have the same thing with my Tourette sometimes it's it's like this feeling that has to come out and it it reminds me a lot of stimming even though it's not quite the same but sometimes I can kind of divert that energy into something else where I might tap my feet a bit more you know <laughs> sway a little from side Alan. to side or <laughs> I think it's the same way with with stimming you can sometimes redirect it in a yeah in another way even though it feels so autonomous and it's not always something we can really control over before it happens but sometimes you might be able to seek out different ways of, of stimming that might make you do less of other stimming that might be bad for you uh, but yeah mm -hmm. lots of ways to stim <laughs> no that totally makes sense no i appreciate your thoughts on that it definitely oh. resonates with me and debbie too that you know it's it definitely says it communicates something and it's just trying to yeah, figure yeah. out what it actually communicates. It's the body, and talk. body talking. Yeah. And our body talk. I mean, yeah. that's such a true statement. It does. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. May maybe not with words, but it definitely talks. Yes. Maybe not with <laughs> words. Absolutely. So true. Yeah. So, I mean, talking about kind of future plans, um, what can we expect to see you like do in the future in terms yeah. of advocacy work, creative I suppose status quo is always a goal that I aim for because I like the sameness and the routine, but also just if something works, it, I don't really want to <laughs> right. make it not work, you could say. And I, I guess I take it slow and just really do what's fun for me. And it can be things like this. I think this is actually fun. And, and also I've, I mean, I've done a few documentaries and things. Like, if people reach out to me with stuff like that, I can consider and see, like, there's a lot of potential to spread awareness, and it might also be fun for me. Um, and sometimes it can it can just really open a lot of doors. So I, I don't know which doors will open, but I definitely just like that this door is open and that I have a way to communicate and a way to share and find relatability. Because when I started out blogging, it it was really to find relatability and also in a way to find myself, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And figuring like, like how do I function in, in, in terms of the way I work, but also seeing like, how does everybody else mm -hmm. function and can they relate? And that's, I guess that's what I really like about it is getting all of that feedback from parents and, you know, figuring out, Oh, that's why they did that. Or I'll take this approach from now on because that's, that's a better approach. That's something yeah. you can grasp and understand, even if it's something that might be very hard for another individual to explain. Or, but sometimes, sometimes you know, parents will take different approach with their children, and, and if you don't know, you don't know, kind of way. But but when you kind of give them something they can grasp on and understand, it, it seems like it's something that's way easier to approach and and also just really know about. So that's what I really like to do is anyway to spread good awareness. Yeah. Is, is something I really like. And you are getting good awareness, which is 
I mean, honestly, that's <laughs> how we found you. I was looking at the same social media going, you know, who can I connect with, who I resonate with, and boom, there's Martin. <laughs> so <laughs> that, that makes me absolutely happy. <laughs> like, you know, and, and a lot of the things you even try to communicate and say changes the way we do therapy, changes the way we approach students and, and, and adults, because there is a different way that's other than the textbooks that we necessarily have. And so, I mean, the last question we can kind of ask is, do you have any advice for individuals who aspire to be online and advocate for awareness? And, and what would you tell them? Or even parents, like as their kids, like yeah. it's, anything, any advice? <laughs> oh, it's, it's the question. <laughs> I think, yeah. Um, I think spreading awareness is also, that's one part of it, but finding yourself is the more important part of it in this world and, and figuring out like, our past in life because it can be a very unique path and sometimes when you see yourself developing differently or you feel like you're kind of put on the side of things or you feel like you're definitely outside of everything and you just want to connect and really see yourself doing as well as everybody else that you see around you or at least feel that they're they are um, i think it's really important to look inwards and find yourself and realizing that even though you might take a different path it's it's your past and your past alone and that's kind of what makes you unique but also what might actually just be right for you <laughs> and and not just because it's you know it's sometimes different is scary but sometimes different is right if that makes sense and, and also i got asked the question before and i said like what's really important is also you know listening with more than just your ears and seeing all the different signs and realizing this inside of you but also looking around and maybe seeing others that might relate to you it's, it's so much easier when you have that thing to grasp where you can feel like you relate to somebody and you can see them doing well because they might have done something else and you might actually aim for that keeping an open mind to things that might be able to change it and make it work better in ways you could say that's that's very important and a way to develop and figuring out not only yourself but also just the world yeah. in general yeah hmm. And also, I think it's important and really exciting to see all of these different creators because we live in an age where they're growing up and they might blog when they get to 80, you know, and, and knowing what they did back like when they were 80. It's so it's so new still with this generation and getting to know that important knowledge when people go through their life and not, you know, get to the end destination, but more so seeing their journeys through life and how they go about different challenges and issues that they have or, you know. And it's, it's the same with my with my husband and seeing like how does he solve problems and really learning from each other and i think it's the same and being able to really follow people's journey especially other neurodivergent creators will be a huge help in the future for for sure and that's the exciting part i think that is exciting yeah. actually yeah learning more from from everyone. I mean, even around the world. I mean, you were, you're far away. And so we're learning different things that we need to do. And so having a platform to kind of connect that is, is exciting. Um, Definitely. Yeah. No, but Martin, thank you so much. Is there anything else you wanted to, to communicate or say um, <laughs> yeah. before we log no, on? No, I, I think you covered it pretty well. And <laughs> I think, I think it's just amazing being able to, to, to share my experience because that's the only thing I'm somewhat of an expert in you could say so I, it's nice that people want to like yourself want to listen to it and hear my input on it 
And I thank you for that. Yeah. And you are the expert. I mean, we, we appreciate you because your voice is important and you are the expert. I, mean, I appreciate it. And, and thanks for everything you do. It's very, it's very lovely. Of thank course. You. No, thank you so much for being willing. I mean, you know, it's not that it's just a one-off. Maybe down the line, we'll be like, hey, we need to ask you these questions. So if you're open to it, you know, to come yes, back yes. and, yes, and help us grow. <laughs> so, awesome. yeah, definitely. And have yeah. an amazing rest of your night. And um, Oh, thank you. Thanks a lot for helping me spread awareness and for everything you do. Thanks a lot. Say goodbye to Daniel. <laughs> sure will. Sure will. And you too, guys. <laughs> and Arthur's just been he's oh. just been laying here being very He's public. like, oh <laughs> but I think I'll, I'll give him a little walk. <laughs> oh, he's adorable. <laughs> Alright, thank you so much, Martin, and we'll Likewise. contact. We love hearing from you. So if you have questions, comments, or just want to connect, you can find our links to LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram on our show notes. Feel free to drop us a message, leave us a comment, or ask a question, or just share your thoughts with us. Your thoughts matter, and we can't wait to hear from you.